this weekend's second reading from the epistle of the Hebrews and from today's gospel from Mark, we have this continual theme of being called. What does it mean for one to be called by God, to be called by the Lord? Well, it means that he is calling us out of darkness into light, out of sin into righteousness, justice, and holiness. And so I figured it's kind of perfect for us to be talking about calling at the same day that we celebrate a baptism, right? We're being called out of the shadow of death into life with Christ. And at our baptisms, when we receive that blessing, that indelible mark that's placed on our soul, that is exactly what's happening. But after our baptisms, we are still called to respond in faith. That faith that has been instilled at us from our baptism is a gift given to us by God. That same gift was given to Bartimaeus in today's gospel. He was given faith to seek out the Lord for physical healing. He was blind. He couldn't see. But the Lord, being God, not only gave him his sight back, but he also gave him his spiritual sight for the first time. Did you notice that at the end of the gospel today? That immediately his sight came back. And then what does he do afterwards? He follows Christ on the way. So he's healed both physically and spiritually. And that is what we are all called to do in our lives, to seek out the Lord in faith. Because the reality, my brothers and sisters, is God calls each and every one of us to be his sons and daughters, created in his image and likeness. He calls each and every one of us to follow a specific vocation in our lives, whether to the consecrated virginity, to the married life, or to holy orders, or to a holy vocation, religious vocation. But no matter which vocation the Lord calls us to, each and every one of us are called by God called by name. I can remember my, my, my own calling came in kind of a weird way. Growing up, I didn't want to be a priest. As I've said before, growing up, I was an introvert. The idea of talking to people was terrifying. My first year as a priest, I wouldn't preach extemporaneously. I'd have my notes there, and by notes, I mean I had a script that I read every single word from. Because the idea of relying on God and having faith in him to show me what I need to say and bring me where I need to be in the preaching, that wasn't there for me. I didn't have the faith of Bartimaeus. I went to the Lord and said, I got this. And then I realized, I don't got this. Then I need you. And so for the last few years, rarely do I have notes because I'm relying on the Lord. But it's interesting how many times we don't expect the Lord to call us where he does. How many of you who are married met your, your spouse by chance or just happened to be in the right place at the right time or the right friend hooked you up with the right friend? That's kind of how it was for me with my vocation to the priesthood. Because I said, growing up, I didn't want to be a priest. 
I didn't want to go to Bishop McGinnis for high school. I wanted to go to Westmore High School to be with my friends, but the Lord knew what I needed when I needed it. As he did in today's gospel with Bartimaeus, he gave him his physical healing, but also that spiritual healing as well. The Lord knew in the fullness of time that I would need to have people come into my life early on that later on would play a larger role. That's why when I went to Bishop McGinnis as a freshman, my chaplain was Father Phil Seaton. That's important in my vocation story because years later, after I had failed out of college with a 1.3 cumulative GPA after three semesters, don't do that, and I dropped out of college, moved back home. I was working full-time at an oil refinery at, at, for OG&E out in Duncan when they were removing the asbestos. And my job was to put out the air quality control pumps in the morning, check them every two hours to make sure they're still functioning, pick them up at the end of the day, go through and read the slides and report on if there was any friable asbestos, airborne asbestos. That was my job. The most boring job I've ever had. And so I'd put the pumps out, I'd check them, but that eight hours between the time I got there and the time I left, I had free time. I couldn't take a nap, and I had to stay on site. Anything within those parameters was fine. So I played every video game known to man. I watched every single DVD that I had, because this was before streaming, at least five times. I read the Harry Potter series in a week and a half. That's how much time I had on my hands. And so I finally said, you know what? I went to a Catholic high school. What's the one thing I've never done? I've never run, read scriptures from beginning to end. Now, this is before Father Mike came out with his Bible, and, and, Bible through the year timeline. And before Jeff Cavins came out with it as well. And so I thought, as a 19-year-old, that I knew everything. Wrong. But I thought, I'm going to start in the beginning, because that's when you start in a book, right? Forgetting the fact that the Bible is actually a collection of books and not meant to be read straight through. But I said, I'm going to read the Bible from Genesis through Revelation in order. Didn't make it all the way. But as I was going through, I thought, you know what? The Bible is one of those things that for me growing up, I really struggled to understand. There's a lot of names, a lot of places. It's like trying to go through with Game of Thrones or with the Lord of the Rings and remember every household and all of the history and who are all of these names that we hear every year at Christmas when we go through the genealogy of Christ. Who are these people? Well, we're introduced to them in Scripture. So I started taking notes. So I began to understand what was going on. And one of the things I've learned as a priest is that whether I should or not, if I, as a priest, say something, for some people it has more credence than anybody else saying something. Does that make sense? So if a priest says X, Y, and Z, we're going to believe that more than if an average Joe Schmo off the street says X, Y, and Z. That was my struggle when I was applying for seminary the first time. Now, during that year that I was working at the oil refinery, I had come into contact with a priest friend who lived in Lawton. He was the pastor of Holy Family Catholic Church in Lawton, Father Phil Seaton. See how that connects back? And he invited me over one Wednesday, which was my night off, to come to dinner. Drop out of high school, drop out of high school, drop out of college, was being told, I will buy you a meal at Charleston's. Sign me up! So I went out to dinner, 
And then I came back the month after, went out to dinner, and the month after went out to dinner, and didn't realize until I looked back that what I was doing was ultimately going to spiritual direction. That yes, he was, he was putting aside time for me, but he was also helping me understand the inner workings of the spirit in my life. And during that time, while I was reading through scriptures, while I was going to spiritual direction with Father Phil, I thought for the first time, huh, maybe God's calling me to be a priest. And then the last time I went to Father Phil's place, that he had just gotten done with Mass. And wouldn't you know it, it was a confirmation Mass. You know who does most of the confirmations in our diocese? The bishop. So I'm waiting at the back of the church, and the Archbishop Beltran comes out and says, Danny, what are you doing here? I said, well, I'm here to have dinner with Father Phil. No. Last time I saw you at your graduation, because he comes to all the graduations of the Catholic high schools as well, I was expecting you to apply to seminary. Where's your application? What? I have been waiting and waiting and waiting. I even told you about it right before your freshman year when we had the 50th anniversary dedication of Bishop McGinnis and you served in the chapel that day. I said, of the four of you here, one of you is called to the priesthood. You were one of those people. Where's your application? Uh, nice to meet you, Archbishop. How are you? And so I started the application process. Remember how a second ago I said sometimes we take what priests say out of context or too seriously? Well, as I was going through, I was helping out a confirmation retreat about a month and a half later, after I had already started the process, had, had a couple meetings um, in, in the vocational discernment area, and I met with my pastor, and I said, hey, I'm reading through scripture. It's finally making sense to me. This is so awesome. He said, you shouldn't read it that way. He said, no, but this is the best way for me to read it, Father. You don't understand. I know what I'm doing, 19 and a half year old. I know exactly what I'm doing. And he said, fine, tell me the story of Joseph. Oh, I just finished that one. And having been your pastor for nine months, you guys have probably picked up on the fact I don't think in a very chronological order. I kind of bounce all over the place sometimes, and it eventually gets to the point. Well, that's how it was in this conversation with him. And so I was going back and forth and trying to bring in all the facts. And, oh, well, got to bring this in. got to bring this in. i got to talk about the, the brothers here and how they did this here and there. And then mo one moment I said, hold on, give me a second to collect my thoughts and think about this. The next line out of his mouth, I took the wrong way in that moment. What he said to me at that moment was, Danny, you aren't known for thinking. Now, looking at the overall picture, I had just failed out of college. My mind is all over the place. I am a reactionary person by nature. I don't normally respond. To respond versus react, react, there's no thought. To respond, we take a step back and then have an answer. I'm a reactionary person. And so in that moment, I reacted. I was furious with him to the point where I said, if this is what a priest is, I will never be a priest. Fast forward two years. I was going back to college at Oklahoma City Community College, not failing out, had a 4.0, because I actually went to class. It's amazing how that works. But I was also interested in what I was studying. I was studying philosophy and sociology. Looking back again, God kind of set me up in the right place at the right time. If you get a philosophy degree, you can teach, or you can ask, would you like fries with that? True. 
If you get a sociology degree, you maybe want to be a counselor, maybe you want to help people through that, and that's about it. When my dad was a counselor, I thought, well, maybe that. But then also what was interesting, for each major they had, here's the potential jobs. One of them was clergy. I didn't look at that at that moment. But God did. Put me where I needed to go, when I needed to be there. And so as I was studying, I got so immersed into it. And we talk about that call that the Lord has for us. How sometimes we put God on call waiting. Or, yeah, I'll pick it up eventually and we want to go to voicemail. Well, he wasn't going to voicemail this time. He was coming to selfish mail. Because many times when we respond to the Lord, we do so not out of charity, not out of humility, not out of love, but out of selfishness. Gimme, 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 I want, I want, I want. Well, at the age of 20, having failed out of college and now going back to college full-time and working full-time for DirecTV as an inbound technical support agent, don't ask me any questions, that was decades ago, I thought that I lived the most interesting life you could possibly live. One of my favorite movies growing up was Forrest Gump. And you know how a Forrest Gump life is? How he was in every major battle and every major thing in his life? I thought that I was just as interesting, if not more interesting, than Forrest Gump. I wasn't. Still not. But I started writing my own autobiography. This is where the selfishness comes in. I was at least 20 pages in at that point and only made it through like three years, if that. So I call up the vocations office one day and say, Hey, strange question. This is Danny Grover. I applied for seminary a couple years ago and kind of backed out. The question I asked them wasn't, how do I apply for seminary? Wasn't, how could I be a good priest? The question that I asked was, how long is that autobiography supposed to be? A page and a half, two pages max. But I've got 20 pages. I'm more interesting than that. No, you're not. And I thought it was over at that point. I thought it was, okay, this is what I'm supposed to do. That evening, of course, because God plants things in your mind and puts things in, that evening I got a phone call from my pastor. Remember that pastor that I said, if this is what a priest is, I want nothing to do with it? And he calls and says, Danny, I hear you're applying for seminary. You're interested in seminary. I said, sure. He said, we need to talk. Three and a half hour conversation later, we were back cool. I understood where he was coming from. I could see things through a new eye. And at that point, I said, oh crap, I guess I'm applying for seminary. Well, Lord, I've tried things my way and I fall flat on my face when I leave you out of decisions. I'm gonna apply for seminary. If I get in, I get in. If not, leave me alone. This is your one chance. You get one chance, one opportunity. That's all you get. And I got accepted to seminary. And what was interesting was my conscious response wanted to be, oh, man. But there was something inside of me that was filled with joy because it finally made sense. That's that spiritual calling that we get from the Lord. And Bartimaeus was healed of his blindness. He was healed of his sinful spiritual blindness as well. And the Lord calls each and every one of us in our own way. i never forget Father Hamilton, who's the pastor of St. Monica's in Edmond, who was telling us his short version of vocation story, and he had always kind of thought about being a priest, and he said, Lord, I want a sign, because we always want a sign. Lord, I want a sign that is so ridiculous 
that it can't be anything but a sign that I'm supposed to go to seminary. That next day, he was in the doctor's office. On TV, I kid you not, there was a game show. On the game show, priests versus nuns. He said, Lord, now you're just being ridiculous. (laughs) And he was ordained a priest in 1999. But how many times has the Lord called us that we haven't listened? We've allowed our sinfulness, that concupiscence that is born within us to turn us from hearing God's will, to turn us from living that life of holiness. Because it happens to each and every one of us. That's why if someone's about to have a meaningful conversation when they know it's going to be a tough conversation or it could potentially be one, the first thing I do is ask myself the question, when was the last time you went to confession? And I'll ask them the same thing. They'll be like, that's a personal question, Father. It's like, I don't care about it personally, but I don't want you to respond out of reaction. I want you to actually respond out of love. And if it's been a long time since we've been to the sacrament of reconciliation, we are more apt to respond out of sin than we are out of charity. Because we're living lives of sin and turning our backs on charity. So if you're about to have that promotion meeting and it may not go how you want, or you're about to have that meeting where you have to let someone go or have a tough conversation with a family member, I highly recommend go to confession first. And then at the beginning of that meeting, if you're able to, I know in some of the workforce you can't, begin that meeting with a prayer so that we aren't responding out of emotion, but we're responding out of love. And love is not an emotion. Love is a gift, that gift that we were all created with. And so as we continue through this Mass, keep in mind your first calling as a disciple of Christ. Keep in mind where the Lord called you to be signed and claimed by Christ at your own baptism as we were about to do for this young one, for Kinsley. Remember our baptisms. Remember why we are baptized, why we are claimed for Christ, because he loves us. Listen to that ever-pervasive voice and calling of God because it is there. But we have to tune in. We have to listen, we have to be intentional, and we have to pay attention. What is it that God is calling you to today? Well, at the heart of everything, he's calling us to holiness. He's calling us to charity. He's calling us to peace. Will we turn our backs on that call, or will we respond out of love?